its unspeakable joy. It's God's fulfillment by His Word as we stand on it. To know that nothing is impossible and that all things will work together for our good. And as we dive into God's Word, we know these truths to be real and relevant to our situations. And we rejoice. We rejoice in His victory. Unspeakable Joy with your host, Joy Sixtos. I'm excited that you've joined me today for this episode of the show because I'm glad and highly honored to have a special guest on the show whom I absolutely love and adore. None other than my mom, Minnie Sixtos. Welcome to the show, mom. Thank you for having me. My mom has um, been somebody that I've been wanting to have on my show for a while and I'm glad that she had some time to devote to our discussion today and we'll be talking about um, something dear to her heart as supernatural experience that she had and how she now walks with the Lord. My mother has worked with children for many years, 20 plus years, at the Good News Church in the Victoria, Texas area. That is her passion, working with children. She actually is a college graduate with several certificates in early childhood development, early childhood administration, and more recently, this month, she graduated once again from college with a certificate in business management. So we're very proud of her, very thankful for Um, her godly life and testimony that she has lived out in front of us, her children, her family, her husband, and all of those in her sphere of influence. So without further ado, I want to welcome my mom, Minnie Sixtos, to the show. So mom, we're going to be talking today on the topic of born again. So mom, share with us today how you had an encounter with God, a supernatural encounter. What led to that? You know, tell us how you turned your life over to God. I didn't have anyone really portraying Christ in my life. So right after graduation, I had a situation where I really wanted to join the military. And I had set my my sights on that. And uh, I did really good on my tests. So I I was excited and I had hope that I would, you know, pass everything in San Antonio. Took my physical and I didn't do as well because uh, I've had an eye issue since my early childhood. And so I was really disappointed with that. Right out of high school, I was just working here and working there. I didn't set myself for any particular career. My brother Frank was in the military and him and his family had come by to the house to the valley, Rio Grande Valley here in Texas. And he said, well, you're not doing anything, so come with us. You know, so I drove off to spend some time in New Mexico for a couple of months and uh, made my own plans and had some hopes, but that didn't work out. So within some time, I I, uh, take a bus to uh, North California to go stay with my other brother over there and his family. And the same thing, you know, your your plan out, you think you got your, your life planned out and the things that you wish could happen and, you know, you have some desires and, and that didn't work out either. So um, I remember this one particular day when my brother and his family went out to spend the whole day in different events and visit with family and, and I decided to stay home. There was before the cell phone and the Facebook and the internet and all that so I had to walk to a payphone and as I walked to the payphone you know, saw the families around me you know and they're accomplishing several things in their life, you know, the desires and acquiring things. And I thought, okay, well, what about me? What What's going to happen? What about me? What, what am I going to do? You know, remember I had some things I wanted to do and they didn't work out. And uh, I had someone I was hoping for and that didn't work out. So as I made several trips to the payphone, I called my mother and friends from Texas and New Mexico. And it seems like no one was home. No one was picking up the phone. And, and it was a, a long day. It was a lonely day. And it just kind of all weighed on, on me, you know, not having any plans, not having any future. So I kept making 
trips to the payphone and still no one answered. And like I said, it was a long, lonely day. And I thought, you know, I had heard a story about someone calling on someone, something, you know, for help and direction. But that something was not, not good. It was like an evil spirit. But I remember overhearing that story and I thought, well, what if I call, then what if I call on a holy spirit? And that was it. And as soon as I said that, there was a presence in the room. There was a, a, a light, sort of like, like a blinding light. Mind you, I was straight out of high school, so I was not really a young adult. So here I am with this encounter, not fully aware of what it is, but it overcame me. It overcame me and I felt it so real. And then I heard this voice, not audibly, but I just heard it. And it said, what do you want from me? Wow, how powerful is that? I can only imagine, you know, being a young person and being at one of the lowest points in your life and not having the comfort, the hope, the solutions to what you were yearning for deep in your heart. And to hear that, you know, that would be life changing. So uh, what else happened after that? Well, after I heard the voice, before I even knew what I was speaking out, before I was even aware by my physical, you know, mentally, I spoke out of my mouth. All I ever wanted was a hug from my dad. See, you remember the story, Joe, where I told you that my parents divorced when I was a, a child, maybe a first, second grade. And that really hit me hard. And the truth is I had no understanding. So I blamed God. I blamed God for the separation of my parents. And as a child, I wanted and I needed that love and acceptance from my father because I didn't have it. So feeling rejected seems that you have even more of a need for it. That's true. I know with my brother and I working with young people, and I know he sees this also as he is a teacher at a local high school, you see the depths of divorce and how that does affect a child and you know mom working with children your whole life psychologically emotionally spiritually mentally how that takes a toll and you didn't know at the moment like you said but now learning all of that about early childhood growth and even into the preteen and teenage and young adult stage of life how divorce affects a family and if children don't have the extra support or counseling or love from both parties from professionals it can damage and and greatly influence the future of a child. So I can't even imagine what you're facing. That's true. That is so, so right. And see, like I said, I called out not knowing what I was doing. I was not aware that I was going to have someone answer my call. I felt like I was being engulfed, just overwhelmed. And I wept and I wept. And there was so much peace, though. I was crying, but I was not crying out of fear. Remember, throughout the whole day, I was meditating on what was my purpose? What about me? Where, what's gonna, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? But, you know, I just knew that the world would not fulfill me. Did not have what I needed to meet that need. And when I heard that voice that asked me, what do you want from me? What do you need from me? I felt so engulfed with this peace and this love. And in the world, I did not get high. So I could not compare it to being high. But I felt so good, so high. My family, I mentioned earlier, that had left the whole day. They went to the malls and movies. And, you know, in California, they have like a resale shops and, you know, flea markets. And they went to visit family. So they, they busied themselves all day. They come back and they evening and my brother sees me apparently I guess my eyes are red and I was just so joyful they brought in a new puppy and I was just loving on the dog and my brother saw me and he automatically just assumed I 
had been doing drugs. He saw that highness in me and he thought, sis, whatever you're doing, and that's the way I understood it, his look, whatever it is you did, you're not gonna do it again. So I don't know if he remembers, but I remember that particular day. And you know, right after that, several months later, I bought my car, we headed back home to the valley. And within three days, there was a time that uh, I started cleaning out, you know, my things, my possessions, and I had a chest in the, in the closet. And I was going through them. And amongst other things, I found three Bibles. And I, I said to myself, well, what's going to become of these Bibles? I mean, I don't know anybody that's going to help me understand this or, you know, to lead me. And, you know, as today I would say into righteousness. I had no understanding. So I said, well, I will throw them out. So I threw away three Bibles with everything else I had there. Wow. Isn't that something to find out about you, Mom? Many people may look at you now, knowing your testimony now, and say, there's no way that many could have done something like that. But you did. That day, you looked at those Bibles. Essentially, what you're saying is, what good is this going to do me in life? What good is this going to do for my future? I have no need of this. And you actually threw those Bibles away. What an experience. Well, with that in mind, my grandparents lived at the end of Locke. And they were going to make a trip to go get a vehicle. And they needed someone to help them drive back. And I wasn't un unemployed because I had just gotten in from California. So they asked me, will you go with us? And uh, you can help us drive one of the vehicles back. I said, yeah, yeah, Grandma, I'll go with you. So as we did, we spent a few days with relatives. And those particular relatives were going to a church meeting. And we were asked. When I did go with them, and we went into that building, and that room where they were having that prayer meeting, I remember feeling the same presence and I knew this is of God because no one else had known I don't remember sharing with anyone what I had experienced in that room in California no one else knew I had called on God and he had answered me and he had met that need of loneliness that I had it just weighed me so much that particular day I felt purposeless I had no future I had no hope I had no purpose and God just consumed me and loved me and I, after I felt that I just I know I threw the Bibles away but I knew that everything I was carrying is just melted away and so here I am in this room and everybody is praying and the Spirit of God is moving and needs are being met but yet I've felt that I could not submit myself and cry in public and I was just embarrassed so I didn't go up to the front that particular night please listen I didn't go up earlier I just now remembered when we had something at the high school and family members went up to the altar I stayed in my chair it wasn't the pew but I stayed there my reason it doesn't matter what your family members may think but my reason was I was not worthy enough to go and receive this free gift of life so here I was thinking it's still having that mentality that I was not worthy enough. So I didn't go up to the altar area and give my life to Christ. We did go home with my relatives. John 3, 3, and this is Jesus talking. Which now I know, at the moment I did not. But Jesus is telling those that are listening to him. And he spoke the words that says, you must be born again. And that's what I did at that moment. I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I repented, because you know the word of God says, he says you have to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. That is so right. And I know you're talking about Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, which we know is right standing with God. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so you took that step in your aunt's house with your cousins there. You asked God to forgive you of your sins. You repented of your sin and 
you ask Jesus to come into your heart and yes absolutely that is the process of asking Jesus in our heart and some people you know would say like you did oh I'm not worthy don't you know what I've done wrong don't you know that I've thrown Bibles away and I've done drugs and I've done this and that and the worst of the worst sins that people can imagine but that's the beauty of God's love it doesn't matter who we are what we've done in our past when we repent of our sins genuinely from our heart and confess it before God. People think it's such a difficult thing to do but it's actually the most easiest thing ever. Maybe only take five minutes, 10, 15, not even, but they confess it. The Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And now we're new creatures. And so all of that was washed away on that day for you. What happened after that? Right after that, everything just seemed to unfold. I was a whole year in the valley, just going to every little prayer meeting. And we had a youth group and I, I taught at the CC CD classes every Sunday and getting involved and I had a cousin uh, Lee just mentoring me and giving me all those booklets to read and I was just praying and reading and just soaking everything up. I didn't have a church and I didn't have a pastor but it was me and the Holy Spirit because remember see Romans 10 13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. We were talking about salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That particular evening when I called upon the Holy Spirit Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, all three in one. When I call for help, for guidance, I believe I opened the door and I allowed the Spirit of God to start moving in my life. And like I said, three days afterwards, I made that trip with my grandparents. Three Bibles I threw away. So you call upon the name of the Lord, whoever you're out there listening, call upon him. And you might say, well, I already called upon him for salvation. You know what? You call on him for anything. The Bible says to seek him, seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33. So it does not necessarily mean just called him once. Oh yeah, I called the Lord, I talked to him. I heard the word. I went to church when I was young. It's not just I heard just the, like the ground, first three grounds, you know, where Jesus talks about the good crown. Don't just I heard, but hear, talk daily. Call on God for every situation in your life and he is working on the answer. He is working on your solution. Don't forget what Jesus said. He says, I go prepare a place. We're not there yet. Those here on earth, we're not there yet. But Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place. So trust him. Just trust him. Because God has been faithful. I called on the Lord and I was young. I was, that was sometime when I got born again. It was like November 81. And I've served the Lord ever since then. And once the Lord had me moved back with my aunts a year, about a year afterwards. Because I've been at the Good News Church since January 1983. And that summer, I met your dad and then by next year in June the 1st we married we've still been going to Good News Church we had to travel 30 minutes 35 minutes 45 minutes sometimes close to two hours but we still go because that's where God has called you I have to say this revelation when I called on God and the Holy Spirit answered my call because I directly called on the Holy Spirit you know God will not give you a scorpion or a snake or anything bad we're parents we have family members we have our loved ones we don't want to give them anything back to harm them we caution them be careful son be careful you know watch what you're doing watch where you're going and God does the same thing because he cares for us okay the choices that our friends or neighbors or family members do that's not necessarily our choice my mom and dad separating that had nothing to do with me but I blamed myself I had feelings towards my dad then I blamed God and you have all these things going on but you know what the spirit of God showed me was that it's not that my father did not love me is that he loved himself more 
He wanted to meet his own desires. He wanted to seek his kingdom. He wanted to do things that pleased him. That was priority to him. And you know, God knows that wisdom and that truth because he says, seek me, seek me first, seek my righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. So it's just, God has been faithful, Joy, as you are a witness. God has been faithful and he gives you a purpose and he gives you a calling and he leads you and he guides you and he, he brings you into this place of peace. We have everlasting joy, everlasting peace. We got his mercy and his grace. They're fresh and new every day, but yet they're everlasting. Nothing else in life can meet those needs of feeling weighed down with hopelessness and no purpose. You just feel like you're purposeless. Like, what about me? You know, where do I fit in? Where am I going? What am I supposed to do? Well, when you seek God in your steps, in your elementary class, junior high, high school, as a young adult stepping into independence, you seek God and he will open those doors. He will answer your cry. He will answer your call. Amen. Amen. Oh my goodness. How powerful was that? Just to hear everybody has a testimony. Everybody has a story of how they came to know Christ as Savior and Lord. And what a powerful testimony that someone, my mother, the one that gave me life has been my greatest mentor, teaching me the things of God, mirroring it and living it truthfully and vividly came from that background, a divorced home, dysfunctional in that sense that she didn't have the stability that some other families grew up with and then having that questioning of her life and her purpose and her future and then having that supernatural experience and then still throwing Bibles away. It shows the emotions, the thoughts, the searching that she was going through but praise God the very thing that was meant for evil that the fact that she threw those Bibles away God turned around for good and those scriptures the holy word of God has been what she has devoured, what she has lived, what she has preached, what she has sown into our lives and we thank God for the fruit of our lives that is her fruit that is her labor of love and so it's brothers and sisters friends it's for any and all doesn't matter who we are like she says doesn't matter whether we feel worthy or not God's love his saving grace the fact that we can spend eternity with him instead of being separated from God is for anyone it's for her it's for me it's for you wow mom thank you for opening your heart today and sharing your testimony of how you came to know God and of course as people say we coin a phrase the rest is history what a legacy of faith that day that you turned everything over your future over to God he took it and has produced great things from it well mom thank you again for being on the show we will have you back soon all right for those of you tuning in thank you again for listening to unspeakable joy we hope you have a wonderful day we'll be back with you soon God bless you